Feels like a good day to move forward. Feels like a uh, good day to look ahead, right? We all passed, uh, or at least trying to get past what happened on uh, Monday afternoon? I think we are, as uh, Parker Thune Positivity Week officially starts in less than one hour now. Congratulations, man. One hour away from Parker Thune Positivity <laughs> Week. One hour away I'm from envious. getting to unplug until... Monday the 28th, I guess. Yeah. Windshield mentality, just like Brent Venables told the team before the scrimmage inside the stadium earlier today. And uh, as we have a windshield mentality today, Parker Thune, we've said it multiple times since Monday that David Stone is the most important prospect left on the board. He was always most likely the most important prospect on the board. But as we look ahead now, I'm curious from the text line, and we'll give our thoughts as well. 405-651-3439. Hey, text line, who do you think the second most important prospect is now moving forward outside of David Stone? Do you think it's a guy like Dom McKinley, the five-star of the state of Louisiana? Danny Okoye, in-state kid, four-star. Nigel Smith, who you felt good about for a couple years now on the defensive line. Grant Bricks, potentially, on the offensive line. We all think that David Stone's the number one priority right now, but who's second most, second most important prospect moving forward here that they get in this recruiting class? And while we wait for the uh, text line to blow up, it's not going to take very long. Who comes to your mind first, Parker? I'm going to guess you're thinking of uh, Danny Okoye or maybe Grant Bricks is number two. Bricks, for me, is easily number two. I do think there was a texter yesterday on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that did make a good point, though, with Nigel Smith, and that is that in most other years, Nigel Smith would have been, and I believe the exact verbiage used was, your prize hog yes. on the defensive line. Prized hog. And now he's like, <laughs> he's target that. number four or five on the board, seemingly. When you think about Stone and Nuaneri, obviously, rest in peace, Dominic McKinley, those three guys top the list, but Nigel Smith is a top 100 player as well at the defensive line position, and one that Oklahoma has seemingly had a very substantial lead for for quite some time, and as we get closer to that September 8th commitment date, man, nothing has really shaken the public sense of confidence in Oklahoma's ability to close out in the recruitment of Nigel Smith. Yeah, I mean, look, would Dominic McKinley be second on my wish list behind David Stone? Yeah, probably because of the position that he plays and how good he is. But like, what's most important, like, if you lose out on a five-star Louisiana kid, then I'm not going to say anyone's going to be super thrilled about it. But, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a surprise if you lose out on a five-star Louisiana kid. I would tend to lean towards you on Grant Bricks because that is – that's the best offensive lineman that you're going to have in the class. And not just the best offensive lineman, dude. That'll be one of the best offensive players that you get this entire recruiting cycle. Could end up being the best offensive player. Very well could end up like that. And the text line is saying, bricks, bricks, brick emoji, uh, bricks. Yeah, that was the first one we got from Guy was a brick emoji. I love that. Guy- so everybody kind of seems to be on a similar page here in that – Bricks is the one you want most besides David Snow. Florida Sooner says Nigel Smith kind of brought up the the reasoning for him and just because you felt good about that one. I mean, he he's visited the past two spring games. Yes. Like, how, how many, and maybe there's more than I realize, but how many prospects or players that are on OU's board, scholarship offers, 
as OU had on the board that have visited the past the previous two spring games in Norman. Is Nigel Smith the only one? Is I there think anyone he's probably else? Probably the only one. I mean, that's that's just kind of you know shows you where. And it's not like he's a kid that's an in-state kid, twenty minutes away or anything like that. That's that's Melissa, Texas. You know, he, he's really made an effort to be here several times in the past couple of years. Um, whoever is the best interior defensive lineman says the eight one seven. That would that would probably be Dom McKinley. After that, if you want to go that way, outside of David Stone. McKinley is on here. Okoye would be a great unexpected addition from the 918. Uh, here's another from the 918. Um, well, it just disappeared. Basically saying Bricks is the best, but defensive line is essentially the most important. So as we do a rough tally here of all the votes, I would say that most of the text line saying, yeah, David Stone's number one. But it's Grant Bricks behind him, second most important. Todd Bates' nemesis has informed us that Dom McKinley is Texas-bound. So. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Thank you, Todd Bates' Call nemesis. Call it a wrap. And look, Todd Bates' nemesis, you may well be correct. That one isn't over yet by any means. I can assure you of that. It's feeling like an OU-Texas battle with LSU lurking. And it, I mentioned it last hour, but much like Oklahoma with Williams and Winery, doesn't really feel like LSU is going to concede on Dominic McKinley all the way until signing day. So, we'll Yeah, that's one regardless of, of how it goes on the commitment, even if it goes OU's way. Is, is he supposed to be September 1st? Is that what Don McKinley's date supposed to be? Or yeah, that's allegedly, he hasn't put anything out. Regardless, there. if it were to happen September first, it would still be yeah okay. Let's let's see what happens over the course of the next three months with this one because, like you said, LSU is uh, LSU will probably ramp up their recruiting efforts even more on that one. Stillwater Sooner's got the jokes. He says Lane Jenkins should be our top target. Oh man. Nice Lane Jenkins pull. like that a lot. If you know, you know on the Lane Jenkins uh, joke there. Lesson Hayes, Kansas says two Grant Bricks, three Nigel Loyalty, four McKinley, and five Danny Okoye. I thought Okoye might be a little bit higher with the text line, just with the fact that he is an in-state kid. But since you've made so many strides with him in the past two and a half months, and I would say for the majority of his recruitment, it felt like you didn't have much of a chance. Maybe that's why the text line feels like he's kind of at the back end of that because, well, you know, it, it's felt like a bonus here that OU's even in consideration for Danny Okoye. So I'm, I'm guessing that's why that's the case. And I will say that the importance of a guy like Okoye in this class, and again, Oklahoma's not going to wave the white flag with Nguyenary, even given his commitment to Missouri earlier this week. But – the importance of having a guy like Okoye on board is further underscored and emphasized by the fact that Williams Nwaneri is now off the board in all technicality. Um, this is not going to surprise anyone, but just to give you an update on exactly what's going on on the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, we mentioned that Guy was the first to text in with a brick emoji. Gunny, not to be outdone, sends us a photo, and you can tell what he Googled. He Googled bricks of weed, and he sent us a photo of several bricks of weed. <laughs> well, Very that nice, tracks. Gunny. Thank you. Yes. See, you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't leave town without an uh, expert text from, uh, from Gunny there. What, you're, not, you're not going to Maui, correct? I think we've already established we, this. We have, but... Yes, we are not going to Maui. Okay. Because it is not in uh, good shape right now in the Lahaina area. So uh, it's, it's a long flight. But at least on the flight there, it's, hey, I'm going to Hawaii. It's pretty awesome. 
the flight back, especially if you're flying back later in the evening, local time out there, uh, maybe that 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 part's not as fun. Yeah, we're not flying. Fun. We're flying back overnight. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you may have to stop in Denver and have a three-hour layover before you get back to OKC. It's yeah. rough, but you know what? It's Hawaii. It's still worth it. So have a good time out there. Are you uh, are you going totally dark once you're there? That's the goal, man. Mm-hmm. Like, well, here's the and here's the thing: if Grant Bricks decides to commit while I'm on vacation or while I'm on my honeymoon, I suppose I'm going to have to deal with that. Andy Bass is committing on the 24th. Going to have to deal with that. Basically, my phone is going to be off unless Grant Bricks texts me or unless Andy Bass texts me. Those it, two are the ones that are allowed to hit me up. Grant Bricks, he he strikes me as someone that wakes up around 4.30, 5 a.m. every single day. So I think Maui is – or Hawaii is five hours behind. Is that is that right? So maybe you'll just be going to bed by the time he uh, he texts you when he uh, gets up in the morning, telling you about his commitment date. I was going to ask you that. Who's, who is scheduled to commit while you're gone? You mentioned Andy Bass, and technically David Stone will commit the Saturday before the Monday that you're going to be back, but that's, that's kind of it so far. That's, that's um, that, that dates that we know of, correct? Grant Bricks, like you said, could commit – Maybe someone else could move up a date, something like that. But for the time being, uh, Andy Bass and David Stone. David Stone in 10 days. Yeah, I mean, that's those are the two on the short list right now. And uh, somebody in the 918 said Parker Kawita is basically the same as Maui. Uh, from the 405, has Parker, <laughs> well, okay. has Parker right. commented on OU ending third in Winnery's recruitment? Yeah, I've commented on that. Just to rehash my points, I – I do not believe that comment from Nuaneri. I believe that comment was (laughs) – I'll put it this way. I believe that comment was calculated. First off, the two staffs that he was in constant communication with in the final hours of that recruitment were the OU and the Missouri staff. Uh, Secondly, everybody reported, not just myself, but pretty much everybody across the industry, except for the Georgia insiders, were reporting – I'm talking about national guys like Steve Wiltfong. In the days leading up to that commitment, they're reporting it's OU Missouri, OU Missouri, OU Missouri. Moreover, I talked to so many people at least Summit North on Monday before Nwaneri's commitment, and Georgia was never even mentioned as a possibility. Everybody was like, yeah, man, I don't know if it's OU or it's Missouri, but those are his two. Those are the two schools he loves. Those are the two schools he feels at home at. Nobody even brought up Georgia. Organically or otherwise, Georgia was never mentioned. So, again, I I have my reasons to believe that Georgia was not actually second in that process. If you choose to believe that Georgia was second in the process, look, I that's your prerogative. I'm not going to hold that against you. I personally do not. In the grand scheme of things, like in the moment, it was, wow, okay, but... Moving forward, like it doesn't really matter if you finish second or third in a recruitment if you don't feel great about your flip chances moving forward. Now, maybe OU does feel great about its flip chances moving forward, but if they don't, if that Missouri offer, if they came back with another offer and it was even more lucrative than what was initially rumored, the second or the third thing or third doesn't really doesn't really matter all that much. Now, it does feel like OU. If a flip potential or possibility is real, it feels like OU's even going to have competition with that, with Georgia, if he was being honest and telling the truth about Georgia finishing second. But 
if it's just going to be Missouri all the way through, then second or third, I mean, it doesn't. It's not going to make anyone feel any better. Yeah, exactly. Like that. At that point, if it's Missouri, to a certain degree, it doesn't really matter who is in second. Again, Oklahoma's going to continue to keep the pedal to the metal in the Nwaneri recruitment all the way until signing day, and they're going to make him say no every single day until pen hits paper. That's just the reality. So OU's not going to concede. In fact, I, I was told by a source the other day, Miguel Chavis, in the immediate aftermath of the commitment to Missouri, Miguel Chavis is going to visit Kansas City as many times as he is allowed to by the recruiting regulations this fall. Yeah, I mean, as he should. Not just for williams Winery, but for Lee Summit North and the Kansas City area as well, because that area is not going to go away as a hot spot for OU recruiting. By the way, someone is saying that you're only going to Hawaii, maybe not for the, uh, the honeymoon, but to check in on some uh, Polynesian uh, recruits that are out there. I wish. Check it out. Where this time a year ago, I'd go see Tessilia Kana. Or wait, no, he he wasn't in Hawaii at that point. He was in in Utah. Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was Leona LaFalle for a minute that Oklahoma was recruiting from Hawaii, but he ended up going to Texas too. Tessilia Kana's best friend. Uh, From the 405, Parker, what do you know about Devin Jordan, the Tulsa kid, and what his recruitment's like? Top five. Yeah, top five today TCU, Oklahoma State, Alabama, Texas A&M, and OU, of course. Uh, the three contenders that I have heard cited the most as of late in Jordan's recruitment are Alabama, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. If you ask me right now who that one comes down to, I would say Alabama OU. But it's it's too early to call on that recruitment, and I do feel like for every of the five contenders down the stretch, there is work to be done to secure his pledge. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Don't forget about the Gridiron giveaway coming up Monday at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond. Bummer that you got to miss out on that one, man. It's going to be a good time. Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond. We'll see you there, Ref Army, on Monday from noon to 7 p.m. Gridiron giveaway. We're giving out 70 college football teams and a whole lot of instant prizes as well. More from the Rush, or excuse me, more from Locked In coming up next right here on the Ref. That's right, it's the song of Miguel Chavis. Got knocked down, getting back up again, getting back up again to Kansas City is what you said last segment. Getting up there as much as possible. Some says, well, yeah, he's just getting up there for the barbecue. Nah, he's getting up there for Lee Summit North and williams Winery. He is not uh, He's not quitting on the williams Winery recruitment is what it sounds like. He's no, going to stay if, after it. If williams Winery ends up signing with Missouri, mm-hmm. trust me, it will not be for lack of trying on the part of the Oklahoma staff, even after... His August 14th commitment. Uh, Ref Army, listening nationwide via the free Ref app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Athens, Georgia is tuned in today. Walton, Nebraska. Anaheim, California. Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Dayton, Ohio. Grandview, Missouri. Winter Garden, Florida. George, Iowa. I've never heard of George, Iowa. Was George Kittle so awesome for the Hawkeyes that they named a town after him? Is that what happened? He wasn't even that awesome for the Hawkeyes. I think his best year there, he had like 400 He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated the year that Iowa made the run to the Big Ten title game. But, yeah, he really uh, started throwing up big numbers when he got to the NFL. But, George, Iowa, thank you for tuning in today. Small Oklahoma town of the day, just because someone requested it on the text line. Paoli, Oklahoma. Do you know the mascot of Paoli High School, by chance? Penguins. Uh, It does start with the P. I figured that's why I Paoli went. Pugs. Pugs. <laughs> not not 
Not very intimidating. That's amazing. Not intimidating, but very memorable. The Paoli Pugs. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment. With locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street, much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabric. So we talked a little about what's in front of OU with the defensive line class last segment. We'll continue to to do so here moving forward as well. You know how we always make the statement, well, yeah, that was a setback, but OU still has a chance to have its best defensive line haul in recent memory. And I found the class, by the way, that we're talking about, the one in recent memory. It's the 2008 class. Stacy McGee was a four-star in-state kid. R.J. Washington was a five-star. David King was a four-star. Casey Walker was a three-star. I couldn't find a better defensive class more recently than that one. I think the 2008 class is what we're talking about. This class can be the best since then, and that's obviously easily over 10 years. So, and, and OU still has that opportunity with Stone, McKinley, Okoye, Nigel Smith, Zena Amozalu. Should we, should we add anyone else to that mix right now outside of that five? That's like the core five that we're looking at right now. Yeah, I would, and I, I think in reflection of what you talked about, that 2008 haul – that is, per your research, the best defensive line class that Oklahoma's had in the modern era. Feels like whatever Oklahoma gets this cycle is going to overtake that. Now, I that is contingent upon a couple of things. One, getting David Stone. And I think many have just kind of taken the David Stone recruitment to the bank which you know like i i think I've, that's dangerous <laughs> I, it is dangerous i fully believe he's going to be a sooner but man especially given what happened with Nwaneri can you rule anything out in stone's recruitment so that's one that you want to see go oklahoma's way on the 26 before you allow yourself to get too optimistic but beyond that man Nigel Smith, Amozalu, McKinley, Danny Okoye Whoever you get amongst that contingent has the opportunity to tip the scales and make this the best defensive line class ten, in the modern era. Ten days for David Stone. He'll be committing on the first day of college football, week zero, on that on that Saturday. Who's playing week zero? Um, you'll have Notre Dame and Navy in Ireland. New Mexico State plays someone on ESPN. I forget who New Mexico State plays. And then USC plays San Jose State later that night. So really, I guess like the best game of the day is Navy and Notre Dame, which is the first uh, game of the day on that Saturday. Love me a good old-fashioned Trojan-Spartans battle. So, yeah, there you go. USC and San Jose State as well. Uh, so, yeah, that, that Saturday, week zero of college football, OU fans will be looking way more at the David Stone announcement than they will any of those week zero games, unless San Jose State is up in the fourth quarter in the Coliseum. And, you know, let's let's hope that happens, right? I just hope that David Stone, because, dude, that's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long 10 days before we get there. I'm hoping that David Stone, and I forget what time that um, IMG plays St. Joseph's Prep. Is he supposed to announce before that game, halftime, at the end of the game? Like, is there an actual, like, feeling of when that actual announcement is? Because they play that. I do not know. IMG does play that day. I do not know for sure. That would be a question for Brandon Drum. Which you could ask him tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be able to. Or I could just text him. Either that is or. also true. Yeah, I'll just ask him. But yeah, week zero IMG will be playing that day. David Stone will be announcing. So we are uh, we're ten, d- 10 days out from that. Uh, 405, David Stone commits. And when the check clears form, 
when uh, Mizzou Winery flips. So there's some optimism for you. Uh, 405, thanks, guys. Come to the Pug Pound and watch an eight-man football game sometime. Oh, do they play eight-man? They call their stadium the Pug Pound? Wow. That is amazing. The Pug Pound. That is fantastic. I want to move there now. Yeah, to Paoli? Yeah, I think you, I think you should. Is it I Paoli you, or Paola? A couple pay, people on the text line were saying Paola. Oh, is it Paola? I've always thought it was Paoli, but which, whichever one. They're the Pugs. I'm not from Home here, of the so pugs. I don't know. That class didn't really amount to much, or didn't amount to much, though, says the 214. Talking about the 2008 class. David King ended up being a, uh, I thought, a good player at OU. Casey Walker, I think he was maybe a multi-year starter as an interior defensive line, but did R.J. Washington live up to the five-star billing? Not exactly. Stacy McGee ended up playing in the NFL, but I think he got into some trouble while he was uh, while he was at OU. But in just in terms of star rating, that's the best defensive line class you've you've gotten in a while over a decade. Is that is that 2008 class? So we'll see if this one can be even better. You get one five-star. You get David Stone with. The two commits that you already have, you're well on your way to having your best defensive line class in the modern era. And I guess that's a question, too, is that we look at it now, and let's just roll with the assumption that, let's just roll with the assumption for the time being that Williams Winery's not going to flip to OU and he stays with Missouri. We've talked so many times this cycle on what success looks like for the defensive line class. What is it now? Like, would, would Stone, Okoye, and Nigel Smith be considered a success? I would say absolutely yes. But does it have to be three in the five that we're talking about right now? Or would you guys be good with just a Stone and Nigel Smith class? I don't know. I'm just that's 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 why I'm asking. Four oh five, six five one, thirty four, thirty nine. I feel like most want three. I feel like the circumstance in which you would be okay with two is if you were able to flip Williams and Winary down the line. At that point like Honestly, at that point, you don't even need Nigel Smith, I think, for most Sooner fans to be happy. And you'll take Nigel Smith, and I, Oklahoma's going to get Nigel Smith, barring a seismic shift in that recruitment. But if there was a world in which you could get David Stone and Williams in one area, I'm pretty sure most Oklahoma fans would say, okay, you know what? We, it's fine if we don't get any other defensive linemen. We'll take those two and head to the SEC. 918, does BV's strategy of not letting players commit early and prolonging their recruitment and potentially – Increasing their NIL by causing a bidding war hurt more than help OU? Have a great honeymoon, Parker. You deserve it. Well, thank you. Uh, Look, if money is what's going to dictate the outcome of a recruitment, when a player commits is not going to matter. You saw this last year with Jaden Rashada. He was committed to Miami. Did that stop that recruitment from becoming one of the wildest in recent memory because of the bag that Florida threw at him, and as it would turn out, they didn't actually have in the bank. Uh, no, it did not prevent that. So, no, I, I, I don't think that is a detriment to Oklahoma. Luke from Dallas did say, let's hope the Mizzou NIL group is run by the same folks running Florida's NIL. Yeah, no kidding, right? Seriously. Also, very, very fun little factoid here from a listener in the 918. Even with the number one recruit in America, Missouri is still ranked lower than Syracuse and Wake Forest. Yeah, uh, their uh, recruiting class, for as great of a news as they got about 48 hours ago, their recruiting class was uh, being made fun of. Now, it sounds like they're going to get Ryan Wingo as well, so they're going to have two five-stars in their class pretty pretty soon, and we'll see what else that does for their class. But 
Missouri's class was getting made fun of on social media, and it's a surprise to no one who's been following this, but randomly, some OSU fans were even attacking their own recruiting class last night. Seriously? I mean, I'll continue to pay for season tickets, and I I totally believe in supporting our program, but shouldn't we be better than like the 50 or 60th ranked recruiting class? What's going on at Oklahoma State? Well, if you've been paying attention recently, that's... I mean, uh, Oklahoma State's not really in the top 25 all that much when it comes to recruiting. They're they're kind of they're they're in that same uh, range year after year. They're not they're not moving around all that much. Slick Sooner says it's not Paoli or Paola, it's Peyote, and their mascot is actually Aaron Rodgers. I love that so much. Nice job. Peyton says I'd be fine with Stone and Smith. I'd be fine with Stone and Okoye. Uh, Stone, Smith, and Gilmore is fairly solid to build upon. For the 2023 class, as a texture in the 402, Florida Sooner says have to have three blue chip interior defensive linemen. So here's where we're at now from what I can gather. We asked uh, the text line two different questions in the first two segments. The second most important recruit here moving forward, most people think that it's Grant Bricks. And what does success look like on the defensive line? Well, let's start that conversation with David Stone, and if you compare someone else up with David Stone that's still out there and uncommitted, along with what you already have, then that's going to be a success on the defensive line. So, yes, David Stone and Grant Bricks, your two highest priorities here moving forward. But I I would say that Nigel Smith ranks up there pretty high as well. Very high. Uh, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are uh, lighting it up as always. We'll get to as many as we can. Coming up next, right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Sour Locked In is brought to you by Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They have a low-pressure environment, which causes an enjoyable experience for everyone. It's Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, in El Reno. Hey, real quick, uh, ESPN had in their top you know, 25, or AP top 25, what to expect from each team in the month of September, first month of the season. OU has five games in the month of September. Okay? Yes. So here's what Teddy, uh, Teddy and I yesterday came up with as to what you're going to find out or what you're going to think about OU after the first month of the season. So after those five games, this would be the Monday of OU Texas, okay? And we kind of pieced our thoughts together, and we both agreed that after those first five games of that month, the Monday of OU Texas, we will be saying, okay, they are definitely a better football team. That's easy to see. We've been able to tell that over five games. They're a better team. They're better on the defensive line. They're better at wide receiver. They're better at individual units. How much better will they be? We'll be, we'll be able to tell you coming up on Saturday. Is that a pretty accurate description of what you think the month of September is going to look like? That for is. This team? Well, yes. And on October 1st, I think you'll be able to look back at the month of September and look at OU's season at that point and go, well, if OU's not 5-0. and Some issues if they're not there 5 might be, There might be some problems here. There might be some problems because that slate in the month of September is not exactly murderer's row. Not even close. I mean, I guess the toughest game in that first five is at Cincinnati. Easily at Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they finished somewhere 10 through 14 in the the conference this year. At this point, who gives Oklahoma a better game at home, SMU or Iowa State? 
I would say SMU right now. It, I, it, I would I mean, agree. I, I think they're totally opposite football teams. SMU is an offensive program right now, and they feel good about Preston Stone, their quarterback. Iowa State, I'm going to guess they feel a lot better about their defense, just like they have recently. But, yeah, SMU. And OU will still be a, a double-digit favorite. Easy over SMU in that game. Greg from Blanchard on the text line says, Just curious, wondering how the conversation goes with williams Winery after he has committed to, Zoo, or to, committed to Mizzou or like situation with another player. How do the coaches make contact with him? Curious of an example of how they visit with him. What would they say after they make contact again and begin conversations? Appreciate the show. Well, Greg, look, I, I'm not going to pretend that I am privy to any of those conversations, direct conversations between coach and student-athlete, but what I do know is that the main point that Oklahoma was driving home down the stretch with Nguyenary was twofold. One, it's relationships. You know, you've, got, you've got guys here. You've got buddies. You've got coaches that you trust. And also the second half of that point was – and it comes with a nice little payout from an NIL perspective. So, again, I said it yesterday. If Oklahoma wants to flip this kid down the stretch, which, <laughs> spoiler alert, they would like to flip this kid down the stretch, then really all you can do is stay the course. Because, look, I have my feelings on why the decision was made uh, for Nguyenary and the family to pick Missouri. And if my feelings are correct, then – much like the Peyton Bowen recruitment, this is one that you can win in the end if you simply stay the course and trust yeah. that at the end of the day, the kid can see through the smoke and make the decision that he feels most comfortable I, with in his heart. I know this is not the first time that you've seen this point. And we got so many texts rolling in that it's hard to, to get to every single one. But back to the conversation we had about 20 minutes ago, well... Someone was asking, what do you make of Georgia finishing second per Williams-Winary rather than OU? And some, as Doug Miles pointed out as well, well, OU ended up getting Peyton Bowen, and OU didn't even have a hat on the table when he was deciding between Oregon and Notre Dame. So you can't always take one situation and apply it to another, especially in recruiting. But it is at least something recently, if you want to feel better moving forward or want to feel better about OU's flip chances, that yeah, not only did OU not have a hat on the table, I, they ended up being the choice like 24 hours later. I mean, that flipped rather considerably for, for a guy like Peyton Bowen. And if you read Peyton Bowen's statement at the time, the one thing he said, like he himself freely acknowledged it, Oklahoma is always where my heart was. And... My belief, my opinion, is that the same is true for Williams and Winery. Now, we are not dealing with the exact same situation, and I am not trying to say that in the end Williams and Winery ends up at Oklahoma because, guess what, I, I would also say that based on the insights I had into the DJ Hicks recruitment, his heart was at Oklahoma too, but he didn't end up flipping. And there were – he and his family had his own reasons for following through with Texas A&M. But I do know that you know several of Oklahoma's commits were very actively involved down the stretch in that process. And I remember talking to Samuel Masigo at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, and he said, man, we were that close. We were that close with DJ Hicks, but his family wanted him at Texas A&M. Yeah. And so often, like, it, there is no guarantee at the end of the day whether the final decision ends up in the kids' hands because 
at the end of Peyton Bowen's recruitment, he was like, okay, screw it, I'm making this decision. At the end of David Hicks' recruitment, it was his family that made the decision. So can't guarantee anything with Williams and Winnery, but if that recruitment more resembles the Peyton Bowen one down the stretch than the David Hicks one? Well, I guess you'll get another five-star defensive lineman in the class in that case. Gary from Couch Cafeteria. Way too early 24 transfer portal news. Example, if player X hits the portal, we are going after them. Who 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 might that be? Gary, That that's tough to say, to guess who's going to be in the portal at the end of the season. I mean, there's there's going to be some very recognizable names. Probably even more players from Texas A&M, just like the ca- uh, the uh, past couple of portal cycles. I-, I would say this regarding a way too early look at the at the transfer portal. I think you saw a big difference from this past portal class to the previous one. And what I mean by that is if you look at the schools where OU was getting players from uh, in the portal, Brent's first time around in those editions, and this time around, like not that Wake Forest is a blue blood or anything, but you were getting more established names, guys with more of a track record, like a Rondell Bothroyd, like a Trace Ford, like a Desan McCullough. I, I think you're only going to see that moving forward. And I also think, Parker, that even though they've been very heavy on the portal the past two years, it's because they've had to be, right? They're trying to establish some depth. We've heard a lot of good things about young players, Heard a lot of good things about second-year players. My guess is that they're still going to be active in the portal next offseason, but maybe not have to add as many names yeah. as they've had to previously in the past two years. Well, and that's the hope. And that's as, a sign of growth, obviously, Yes, the that's the hope as you get deeper and deeper into the Venables area, is that year after year you are using the transfer portal less and less because you're experiencing better retention and the development within your program is stronger and stronger to the point where you don't have to cut dead weight. And if your evals are good and your development is strong, then, yeah, there will come a point at which Oklahoma is using the transfer portal very sparingly. By the way, I think we have Brandon Walker listening to this show right now. Really? Because a listener texted in and said, isn't it a little bit hypocritical for Venables to have his policy about players committing to OU and trying to flip Nwaneri from Mizzou at the same time? Boy, we've uh, covered this several times in the past. <laughs> Brandon Walker, thank you for getting a burner from the 918. Appreciate it, bud. Appreciate that. And I did see your pick for uh, Texas once again to uh, win the Big 12 title. All four uh, Barstool College football personalities, or at least on that show, all picked Texas to win the conference, and all four Quinn Ewers to uh, be a Big 12 uh, player of the year. I'm sure those picks won't go horribly wrong like they have been uh, for the past 10-plus years. I, and look, I, all bias aside, any and all bias aside, what is it with Quinn Ewers? I don't know. Is I it do. the fact that he was a five-star? I've spent y- – y- well, yes, that's what it is. I mean, if, if you're just looking for, an, like a, I, I guess, not a great answer, but a, a, an answer, yes, that he was the number one player and he was a – if he was a five-star. If this was Hudson Card's recruiting profile that we were talking about, Parker, I think the feeling would be, oh my gosh, this kid sucks. It's only a matter of time before Arch Manning takes over. But yeah, it's all about what he looked like coming out of uh, what he, South Lake Carroll, I think is where he played South high Lake school Carroll. football, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't see it with the head coach. I don't, I don't see it with the quarterback. Uh, by the way, the way too early, talking about way too early, way too early 2026 rankings Came out on 24-7 sports today. Yeah, kids going into their sophomore year. And I just looked at it to see if there was any in-state kids on that list. There was one, Colton Yarbrough, uh, down there in Durant, was in the top 100. He'll more than likely be the top player in the state. 
405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet, text line. One more segment for Parker Thune coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Final segment for Parker Thune before he's off to the Hawaiian Islands for the honeymoon. I would uh, suggest mahi while you're out there. I'm not a big... Ooh, I, I'm big on mahi. I don't eat a lot of fish, but I told myself when I was out there a couple of years ago, I am going to eat fish, ate a lot of mahi, and uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I'm ever going to find fish as good as you can out there, so I... Really haven't Dude, eaten even it if since. You, even if you're not a fish person, mahi is worth trying because it's about the least fishy fish you can eat. It's pretty awesome. It's Big outstanding. Fan of it. uh, K-Ref Recruiter of the Month is at the midway point, by the way. Ooh. By the time you're back, it's going to be uh, in the home stretch here. Todd Bates still got a chance. He just needs to land uh, David Stone here. Joe John Finley may have a chance as well if he gets Nate Roberts flipped here. Before the end of the month. I don't think that'll happen before the end of the month. Uh, I went out to Washington yesterday to touch base with Nate, and he said that, uh, look, he, uh, while on the one hand there was a point at which he wanted to get the recruitment process out of the way before his junior year, uh, he does feel as though he committed to Notre Dame too early and doesn't want to make that same mistake twice. So one of the things he freely acknowledged was, hey, look, my parents feel really comfortable with Oklahoma. The relationship, the relationship with Joe John Finley is excellent, which is somewhat surprising if you remember the way that things went down with his older brother, Jake. In the portal this past yeah. cycle. Yeah, yeah so man. Like, they seemed was, like there were some hurt feelings there. Yeah, th- things have really turned on their head there within the last six months to the point where uh, Robert said, yeah, look, my family wants me at Oklahoma. I can see the benefits of staying close to home. I've gotten real tight with Kevin Sperry and some of the other commits, Elijah Thomas, et cetera. And he said, look, Oklahoma's my number one. I'm going to be deliberate with how I approach this process the second time around. I'll take some game day visits elsewhere. But, look, I, I have a future cast in for Oklahoma, and I like the Sooners to get things done in the end. With we Roberts. talked so much last year about how much Jackson Arnold meant to the 2023 recruiting class, and he meant a lot. I mean, he was, he was big. And not that Michael Hawkins hasn't had a hand in this recruiting class. He absolutely has. But it feels like Kevin Sperry is like, – Kevin Sperry is really making an effort with Nate Roberts, like you said, Jaden Nickens, who committed over the weekend. It, it, feels like, it feels like the quarterback commit for 2025 is going to have a huge hand in that recruiting class, maybe even more so than Michael Hawkins and Jackson Arnold that we've seen recently. It's going to be tough to be more of an influence in a recruiting class than JFA was, but Kevin Sperry's on his way, man. He's having an impact, that's for sure. And he's still got another year and a half to dictate what the true extent of his impact is, which is the crazy thing. From the nine from the nine four nine on the text line, Sperry is the man. Man is in all caps there. Yes, it is. And Ronnie Crim- Oh yeah, go ahead, finish no, that. I was just gonna say he in a lot of ways, yes, he is the man. Ronnie Crimson, what if I land stone? Can I share with Bates? <laughs> K Ref Recruiter of the Month and Ronnie Todd Crimson Bates. and Todd Bates. Yeah. K Ref co recruiters of the month. I'll allow it. Everybody's chiming in with their fish recommendations for when I'm in Hawaii. Man, I got a lot of stuff to try. Opakapaka, grouper, Chilean sea bass, red snapper, red snapper. Gary from Couch Cafeteria's got some. Uh, he's got some recommendations. There. Well, <laughs> he is Gary from Couch Cafeteria, after all. Is Parker going to eat spam and eggs from McDonald's out there? Yeah, the uh, miss Wisconsin. me with that. Miss me with that. Why? I forget. Like. 
I might have asked Dylan Gabriel this at some point in an interview and forgotten the answer. But why is it that spam is so big out there? I feel like that is a uh, Google or a text away on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll find I know, out very soon. I know that the first time I ever interviewed Dylan Gabriel at Big 12 Media Days in 2022, I asked him a few Hawaii-oriented questions. I can't remember whether that was one of them or not. He's probably a big fan of that. Kevin Sperry is going to announce this month, and what, what it's OU, K-State, Syracuse. There's not really any indication that's not going to be OU later on this month with Kevin Sperry. I think that's the decision that's happening while you're out, correct? Kevin with, Sperry's? Kev, Kevin Sperry announcing while you're gone, or will you be back for Kevin Sperry's? Or just Ke- Kevin Sperry. Andy Bass. Sorry. I, I Andy was Bass. about to say. Andy Bass. <laughs> Jeez, Andy Bass. We're talking too much about Kevin Sperry. I was Sperry. like, did I, I miss something? No. Did he decommit? But no, yeah, I expect it to be Oklahoma for Andy Bass. That'll happen on the 24th. That is the day that I will be returning to the mainland, as it were. We'll wait 10 days. 10 days coming up for David Stone announcing uh, before his game, before uh, St. Joseph's, Pre- Joseph's Prep, which is based in uh, Philadelphia. So a lot of nerves will be going on when David Stone uh, announces in 10 days. Have a great time on the honeymoon. Safe travels out there. Thank you, my friend. Avoid the losers it. on social media. Avoid all that. I know you will. This timing could not be much better. Oh, no kidding. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.